Welcome to the Monday podcast. We're back and it's a fresh new year. What do you look for in a leader? I think we often look for gifts, don't we? Can they preach? Can they do administration? Can they pastor, lead a Bible study, play the guitar? On and on and on. We've been reflecting as elders on the importance of character. Uh, Gifts are, are important, of course they're important, but character is vital and to have someone in leadership who's hugely gifted but lacking in character is not good and it can be very dangerous. So I thought it would be good to work together on our character and the best way to do that is to look at the fruit of the spirit. I say our character and I mean it. I've been challenged personally um, recently about some areas of my character and, and to be honest with you this is just an excuse to work on it but I hope you'll find this helpful. And it's good to do it because we're responsible for raising up new leaders. And so we want to know what to look for and how to help people work with God to see their character grow, to be more like Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Spirit are listed, um, I'm sure you know, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. So, uh, really quickly let's just take a a a look at the book of galatians and paul is is dealing with um a young galatian church who've heard the good news that is in jesus christ and they've responded to it and they're growing now as as christians but there are some in the church family who they're law enforcers that's what you call them they're saying, look, it's fantastic you've become followers of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Now, um, you Gentiles, you need to actually start obeying some of the Jewish law. Because if you don't, well, you can't really be proper Christians, can you? Law enforces. And we see that today, don't we? We, we, you know, we call these people Pharisees, but um, all of us actually do it. We kind of add rules and regulations that we think are important, that if you keep, then you will be, you know, the pucker Christian. And Paul fights this all the way through the letter. And in chapter 5, he says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's very strong about this. No, brothers and sisters, what you need is Christ. But then there's a whole load of people who are kind of, listening to this and thinking quite right Paul quite right we completely agree with you rules regulations just get rid of them we're free live how we want these are the rule rejectors and so he says in verse 13 of chapter 5 you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature rather serve one another humbly in love love is the key Love is what will help us. Love will, will deal with us whether we're a law enforcer or a rule rejecter. Love will help us to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So he goes on, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping the one command, love your neighbor as yourself. See, what's happening is that these rule rejectors and law enforcers are, are not getting on very well. You can imagine it, can't you? They're gossiping, they're slandering one another, they're outright arguing, they're falling out. 
And so Paul says, verse 15, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I, as a young Christian, I think these were some of the most helpful verses I ever came across. Uh, they, they explained my Christian life. Uh, on the one hand, I'm trying to live by the Spirit. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, to do what pleases God. But then on the other hand, I suddenly find myself following what my sinful nature wants, disobeying God. I think to begin with, I thought, what's wrong with me? And then somebody pointed me to these verses, and I realized, oh, this is exactly how I feel. There's a battle going on inside of me. We wrongly portray, don't we, at times becoming a Christian as this beautiful, wonderful, glorious life of peace and happiness and tranquility. And we all know it's not like that. If anything, Paul says, it's the introduction to a war where the spirit and the sinful nature are fighting each other. He lists in verse 19 the acts of the sinful nature, and they're really quite revolting. Left to itself, whether I'm a rule rejecter or a law enforcer, this is where my sinful nature goes. It produces acts of sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. And so far, uh, all the kind of the... the um, the law enforcers were being saying, quite right, Paul, quite right. Appalling thing. These were known as the filthy five. They were the sort of things that everybody knew was wrong and bad. But he doesn't end there. He goes on. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy. This is what you see in the church family, isn't it? But, but these are... These aren't um, uh, uh, kind of uh, thought of as, as bad. That Well, everybody does that, don't they? Everybody has a kind of a little temper tantrum every now and again. Everybody gossips about others. Everybody is envious, has selfish ambition. It's almost like these are middle-class sins. But they are results of the sinful nature, and they are just as ugly as the drunkenness and the orgies that he ends it with. And this list isn't complete. He goes on, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What he means there is not, um, you know, have you ever had an envious thought where you're out of the kingdom of God? No, what he means is that if you live like this, if this is a settled pattern in your life, the Holy Spirit has put his finger on it, but you will not change. Well, then there's worry, isn't there? The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. But verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The acts of the sinful nature are just that, acts. But this, you'd expect him to go on and talk about the, the acts of the Spirit. He doesn't. He talks about the fruits of the Spirit. This is something that comes from inside that the Spirit produces in us. 
and it's what we're going to be looking at over the weeks ahead. How does the Spirit produce this? Well, he ends by saying, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. When I became a, a follower of Jesus Christ, the sinful nature was crucified in me because I became in Christ. And what I have to do is now to continue daily to, as it were, nail that sinful nature back on the cross. Not to, not to go to it and kind of pour over it and stroke it. No, I'm to be brutal with it. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's a, it's a glorious picture, isn't it? We, we talked about this as a staff team, and I was, uh, I was trying to think of, uh, of ways of explaining, and I was thinking of, of jogging, and, and, and you know somebody's jogging alongside somebody else, and you have to keep up with them. Sometimes you, you have to slow down, sometimes you have to speed up. And Sarah had said, well, isn't it a bit more like dancing? That's a great picture, isn't it? Two partners dancing with one another in sync together. Isn't that beautiful? Can you picture yourself as living like that with the Holy Spirit? Well, that's what we're going to be doing over the, the next few weeks. Working out how to dance with the Spirit of God so that He can produce this wonderful fruit in our lives. Mm -hmm.